You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to... A Friday rarity live edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast presented by Minute Media. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. Clint Frazier gone forever and he made his departure known this week. We also got some insight into what the clubhouse may have thought of him all along thanks to CC Sabathia and what the old guard thinks of him thanks to Jeff Nelson. CC says he's going to punch someone in the face the next time he reads a Clint article. Well, he better not tune into the live podcast because we do have to talk about it because guess what? It's the lockout and that's it and that's all. The only bit of baseball transaction news going on during the lockout and the Boston Red Sox found a way to make us miserable in the Rule 5 draft. We're going to briefly touch upon it. And the Mets seem to be on the verge of hiring Buck Showalter. If not, they're at least considering it something the Yankees apparently also did this offseason. So we're getting in a pretty obvious experiment in Petri Dish in New York in 2022 Hopefully, I hope they hired Buck. I think it'd be interesting to see exactly whether the Yankees succeeded or failed. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Are you bringing your razor to Chicago too? Uh, yeah, I love shaving, dude. I don't know why. Like, yeah, it's, oh, I, well, I mean, I haven't done it in a while, but I do love. Yeah, it. I mean, I could be, I could totally be a Yankee. Um, I do have, I do sport longer hair, but I, I could cut it. it. Doesn't have to be too long. I love, I, I, I totally love shaving. Big Harry's guy. I don't know what you use, but yeah, and Manscaped, Manscaped, gotta love it, dude. Huge. Um, no, I hate that. I do not like that. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, 
Yeah, I'm getting bored. I'm getting bored. Maybe that's why I'm shaving more. Uh, this is supposed to be the end of the winter meetings. Was uh, I think it was supposed to be Thursday. We'd have a ton of rumors to talk about and uh, any other conjecture that would make life entertaining in, in any other capacity than this. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much. And I don't want the news cycle to be dominated by Clint Frazier and older players complaining about him. Um, but here we are. And a lot of people weren't happy with Clint's tenure, whether you think it was his fault or not. Um, I think uh, blame has to go around for both parties. Clint clearly did not deliver on his end of the deal when given the opportunity. The Yankees kind of jerked him around. But we can get into it, talk more about it, because it's not going to end anytime soon. And you could bet that something's going to happen next season. If we have a season, guys, we don't know if we're going to have a season yet. It's not official. Um but you could bet something's going to happen next year involving Clint to bring some sort of rise to these Yankees-centric stories, um, and it's going to be frustrating. Why? Because um, I don't know why we have to keep talking about it. He was uh, one of the prospects in the Andrew Miller trade from 2016. This is a long, long time ago. This is not like it, it's not like he. I don't. I don't even know what else to compare it to because I feel like there's nothing else to compare it to. It's just it's the Yankees, which are a high profile team. It's Clint Frazier, who was a bit of a character. Um, it was the Andrew Miller trade, which was a very big trade because it helped um, the Indians really get to the World Series. If they don't have Andrew Miller th- that year, I'm not really sure what they do. Um, obviously, they were a good team, but he elevated them in so many different ways. So you you analyze all those aspects of it, and yeah, it does lend to intriguing storylines or things to talk about but um now what's resulted from it is just a lot of unnecessary chatter um i don't like to talk badly about too many people i like to talk badly um about some people uh because it 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 lends it at times um but for the most part i kind of felt bad for clint um i never thought he was a match for new york just based on um uh what we knew about his defense um coming out of cleveland and then the kind of just riffraff, whether it was whether he brought it upon himself or not. Um, drama attracted him regardless, like we talked about a million times on this podcast, the whole Mickey Mantle thing. Not even sure how that whole number discussion even got into the mainstream. Um, the whole spat with Michael Kay about how Michael Kay was talking about how he should be healthy. Um, then you have him dodging the media. Um, then you have the weird stuff with Marley, Marley Rivera this year, which like, he was clearly a target in some capacity. I don't understand why um, he wore that, you know, that World Series shirt to spring training too, um, getting everybody hyped for this past season, which sucked and was awful. Um, so a lot of weird stuff followed him. It's very clear that him and the Yankees were not a match, which is fine. You go through life and you meet people who you're friends with for a while, and then it's like, hey, dude, no, wasn't for me. Um, but now – What's interesting about it is because I am sick of hearing about it at this point, but I am not me and you not in a spot to really talk shit. Are we going to talk shit about major league baseball players? Sometimes if it's Red Sox players, absolutely. We'll have you on the pod. We'll talk shit to you. It'll be a great time. But former Yankees, I want Clint to go and succeed. I want Clint to have a good time. I want everybody to enjoy themselves, but I also am sick of it. I don't want to hear about how Clint is glad to not be a Yankee anymore. I don't care about that. Don't care about his razors. Don't care about how the Cubs jersey looks on him. Just go out and perform, dude. Like I know we're celebrating that you got a major league deal, but as Ryan Rucco said on the R2C2 podcast, this was not a transaction of note. This was the equivalent of someone getting bumped off the 40-man roster and re-signed elsewhere for debt purposes, if that. 
Um, and CC went off. CC was not happy. Um, and he had some choice words about the whole thing. Um, and that's what I like to hear because if we are going to foster any sort, not we, but like in general, the baseball community, if there's going to be some sort of negative conversation that's fostered or brought about, it should be from players who were in the clubhouse who knew this guy and have some sort of, um, of a springboard to leap off of because us sitting here and being like, Oh, Clint's, you know, stupid dives in the outfield. Like, what's that all about? Like, we don't know what he's going through. We don't know what the medical situation is. Like we talked about so many times, we don't know, um, you know, if he's having personal issues, you just never know. So CC was in the locker room, clearly crossed paths with this dude, clearly didn't like him, uh, based on whatever the situation is. So this is, I'm not glad that this conversation is still ongoing, but I am glad I do have the negative end of it coming from a source who is well-deserved to speak in that vein, because we are not, we, we have not earned the right to speak of, in that manner. That's what's most important to me here. So, I, I mean, I, I had nothing wrong with Clint. I, there's nothing wrong with brashness to me, to me. No. I think the World Series shirt is cool. I did think it felt like Clint was a target of the New York media to an extent. I don't think he did a lot to dispel those notions. You know, there's no reason that the announcer should come up with a story about how he asked for Mickey Mantle's number seven before he came up to the big leagues. There's no reason the announcer should already be, you know, rubbing fans the wrong way on behalf of Frazier. That wasn't nice. That wasn't kind. Now, that being said... He was not a consequential part of the Yankees. Outside of the 2020 season, he was always more potential than realized potential. 2020, he was great for 52 games, and then by the time the playoffs rolled around, he didn't play. We've already talked about this. That's how you knew he wasn't in the Yankees' plans. The Yankees literally went, oh, Brett Gardner's been hot for three weeks? Great. He's in. I'm so excited to not use Clay Frazier in the playoffs. And so they didn't. Um, so, yeah, like, like you said, from our end, it's just sort of a sad tale of yet another person coming to New York and not living out, uh, you know, the dreams that we had, had laid out for them that maybe they were never equipped to. And, of course, the injuries are a huge part of it. So we'll never know. We don't know. But what we do know is what the guys in the clubhouse are saying. So I do think the CC Sabathia thing is important because you have Clint on his way out saying, I'm going to bring my Razor to Chicago. Ha ha, moderately funny, fine. Then Clint saying, I asked for number seven and it was taken. So I'm going to take 77. That's the first time I've ever asked for that. Ha ha, also funny, poking fun at a situation. But then when Clint says, I'm so glad, somebody's like, I'm so glad you're not a Yankee anymore. And he's like, me too, bro. A bunch of laughing emojis. Like that doesn't quite sit right. Uh, you know, I, I understand no. why you're happy to not be a Yankee. It, it's because you're going to get more playing time in Chicago. I understand. Um, and we all know the Cubs are worse than the Yankees, are projected to be worse than the Yankees next year. They might be better. We don't know. The Yankees haven't done anything yet. But, you know, Clint is just happy to get out of an environment. We may never know what actually went wrong in between the front office and Clint, between the coaching staff and Clint, between the players and Clint. But the CC thing gave us a window into it because CC said, I'm basically this kid played 15 fucking big league games. I'm, I'm done with hearing about Clint Frazier. When you say that with that vitriol, you're not really just saying you're done with Clint Frazier stories. You're saying you're done with Clint Frazier in general. It's not just like there's no way CC got that mad because he was reading clickbait headlines. and was like, stop writing articles about Clint Frazier. No, you don't want to hear about Clint Frazier because you don't like Clint Frazier. He made that very clear. Yeah. I don't know who else feels that way. I know that CC was the leadership. Basically, he was the leadership council. He was the leadership void when he left. Yeah. To hear CC say something like that, un unencumbered, absolutely unfiltered, just get on his own podcast and sort of 
And Brian Rucco is trying to rein him in just a little bit, not a, not a ton, but just sort of tempering it and being like, yeah, you know, I mean, I agree. I thought, you know, it wasn't really a transaction <laughs> of note. And CeCe's like, get this fucking guy out of my face. And Rucco's like, yeah, you know, the contributions were sort of muted from Frazier. And CeCe is like, fuck this, cuz, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, CeCe was rude. I- I've never heard CeCe go off on a current player. I mean, he was a Yankee as of like two weeks ago. And CC yeah. just absolutely the first second he got unloaded on on Clint Frazier, I thought that was extremely noteworthy. Um, more so than Jeff Nelson getting Clint Frazier's mentions, uh, World Series winning 1996 to 2000 reliever Jeff mm-hmm. Nelson was also in the Clint Frazier mention saying, "I love the confidence, but you got to walk the walk, not just talk the talk." Like didn't do much for us in the Bronx, and then someone else is like, "In 2020, he did." And Jeff Nelson's like, 60 game season, who cares?" Like Jeff Nelson being the crotchety old man who's like, "You got to accomplish something to be a real Yankee kid," is a little annoying because it's been 20 years. But I mean, since uh, 2009 accepted from 2000 to you know modern times, there hasn't really been you know Yankee pride, no, right? Like there hasn't been a whole lot of prideful things coming out of the Bronx. Every year the team hangs its head. Every year the team falls short of the World Series. Every year when the team goes down in a playoff series, they usually don't come back, except for 2017. Uh, so there, there hasn't necessarily been that overarching sense of what it means to be a Yankee, because what it's meant to be a Yankee for a long time has been failing in the playoffs. But you know, so I don't really need to hear from Jeff Nelson. I don't need to hear from Goose Gossett <laughs> getting Clint Frazier's being like. You know, you know, Monday, a real man pitched 97 games a year. And, uh, you know, Sparky Lyle sat on my birthday. Cake. <laughs> like, you know, I don't need to hear that. But for CeCe Zabathia, who's on the team with him to come out and say, I am so fucking tired of this guy, says something. I mean, not just something. It says everything. Yeah, clear personality disconnect, too, with, like, the older gen- – I mean, is CeCe yeah, – I guess CeCe's kind of an older generation player at this point. And he's at least 15 years yeah. older than Clint Frazier at um, the very least. And you look at Yankee, it, you know, it, the whole the whole uh, narrative of Yankee pride and wearing the pinstripes is, you know, it's about winning championships. It's about going out and doing your job. It's about being successful. So um, when you have a guy like Clint, who also the people like, you know, like Clint in a sense are not cut from the Yankee cloth. Like Yankee players who were really good and – uh, and were successful here, um, never bought into the negative attention. You don't hear people talk, you don't hear these players talking about, you know, getting called out by the post or, you know, seeing some BS on social media. They ignore it. Look at, you know, what Derek Jeter dealt with for however long. Didn't, didn't, didn't bring any light to any of that negative attention. Uh, first guy that comes to mind here too, that's cut from the same cloth as Clint is Marcus Stroman, who is like, oh, yo, dude, I'm the positive vibes uh, merchant, man. Like, all I'm doing is just making those good vibes happen. And it's like, you're also bringing attention to, like, all this other negative stuff by... Clint's new yeah, teammate. Yeah, yeah, they're on the same team. So I didn't even... Re- oh, my God, what connecting the dots, man. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just bringing any... If, if you want to be the positive vibe dude, like, Clint here is clearly trying to make a joke and move on to his next chapter... And then he's going to respond to the one troll who's like, hey, dude, glad you're off the Yankees while he's getting an outpour of positive. Like for the most part, for like people in media, I think, and people um, who are who have been very much in tune to the Yankees for the last five, six years, mostly a, a, a friendly departure, departure messages for him. Hey, good luck, man. Like didn't work out. It is what it is. Like, you know, the most scathing opinion pieces at this point 
that, you know, we've written or anybody else has written was like, this was not a match for a multitude of reasons. Both parties kind of to blame here. Um, and then the first instance, like either of these guys get, it's like, oh, but this guy's calling me, calling me a jerk off. So like, you know, great. Uh, don't bring attention to that. If you're all about moving on, starting a new chapter, being all about the positivity. That's why there's a different, that's why there's a difference in a clear disconnect here because CC would never acknowledge any of that. CC would just go out, you know, and Hey, uh, that might not be your thing. It's not, it's not the, it's clearly not a thing for some newer school players who are heavily, um, uh, involved with social media and see what kind of a cesspool it is and some feel the need to respond to these trolls and these people saying negative things. And I guess if you're going to do that, then do it. But, uh, the older generation, there's clearly a disconnect because they would ignore it. They would just go out, do what they had to do. And that's that. So, um, Hopefully this is one of the last times that we have to talk about this. I don't really feel comfortable doing it. I don't want to, I don't want to have to psychoanalyze why someone's bringing up negative comments. Uh, I get called an asshole every day and I'm a nobody. So you don't see me, you don't see me quote tweeting people. Maybe I should, maybe I should start. Let's start, start today. Sometimes, sometimes we do. I mean, I don't ignore all of them. No. Sometimes I get yeah, the depends. people, but, but like the most, yeah. the, the least inflammatory comment, I'm glad you're not a Yankee anymore. Okay. Neither am I. Okay. That was the one you responded to there. I'm sure there were meaner ones than that. Like if you're going to, you're going to out a comment out the meanest one. So you could show like how crazy the world is. And then yeah, give, give a, give a nice little parting comment on the way back. You know, I don't know. It is true though, that the, the conversation before CC went off and before Clint dropped the, I'm glad I'm gone too was people being like, yo, you should give Clint Frazier the same standing ovation you gave Nick Swisher back in 2013 when Weird. he comes back, the Cubs come back June 20th or whatever to Yankee Stadium. Like, overwhelmingly positive, way too much. I mean, Clint Frazier, I, I will miss him. I hope he does well elsewhere, but he didn't win a World Series. He's not – I mean, the situation with Nick Swisher, it's drastically yeah. different. I don't know how um, that was. So to be – but like you can't even say that it was overall a negative. There, there wasn't that much negativity. It was people saying we should applaud him like a world champion when he ret- a conquering hero. And so we're probably not going to do that. But I would say we're much more likely to boo Clint Frazier at this point. I'm not going to do it. No. But I don't think he's Fans getting will. a standing ovation at Yankee Stadium. It, it's a prime opportunity. What it is is a prime opportunity. You can already see it coming where we will boo him. We meaning Yankee fans, not you and I. We will boo him, and Yankee haters will be like, how could you possibly boo Clint Frazier? He had concussion symptoms. He gave it his all. Yankee fans are disgusting. And that it's just a prime <laughs> opportunity for people who aren't from here, who, whose brains just don't work in the same way. The same people who are like, how could you boo Garrett Cole? And I was like, look, I would never do it. But like, do you really not understand why the stadium is booing Garrett Cole? <laughs> got a shit rock. Like, do you, do you wait? Do you actually not understand why people are booing Garrett Cole? And I think they really didn't. And so it's it's the same situation. People are going to boo Clint Frazier. It's not going to be overwhelmingly positive. It's going to be slightly negative. And then people are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, Yankee fans, man, what a bunch of troglodytes. Whatever. I don't care. What I do I care, care about, though, is the Red Sox continuing to affect my daily, my daily routine. And I, I – it's not – it's affecting me because other people are talking about it and we're seeing other things. So I think here is – I'm sick of the Red Sox 
getting in my head for no reason. So now we have the Rule 5 draft again. It's the minor league portion, though, folks. Major league portion did not happen, so the Yankees wasted a lot of time making unnecessary roster moves that they did not have to make. We need to remind you of that again. Um, But the Mm -hmm. minor league portion of it, I don't know the specs of the minor league portion of it. I don't know who can get plucked. I don't know why they can get plucked, but they do. Um, And there's a few rounds, whatever. Red Sox stole another Yankees pitcher. Um, Brian Keller was his name? Yes. Brian Brian Keller. Keller. Yeah, 27-year-old, was not good in the rotation, um, found success in the bullpen, uh, had a very high whip in the minors. I believe that was the concern with him. Um, But like a 2.27 ERA, good stuff. Nonetheless, plucked from the Yankees by the Red Sox, and now we're automatically, and we're just conditioned to at this point because of how traumatic 2021 is, is we're viewing the, oh, is this the next Garrett Whitlock? Great. Okay, awesome. So the Red Sox just stole another a supposed bullpen weapon from us right under our noses, and we're not going to do anything about it. Um, and I know the Garrett Whitlock situation. I know that it's tough. Um, it, it was tough for a multitude of reasons. You know, I talked about it, uh, I think earlier this week or last week at this point, I'm, I'm kind of losing track of everything. Um, but it was a tough situation because, um, Whitlock had, uh, let me pull up his stats here because there were, there was like one thing that I was looking at to make sure that this wasn't like this wasn't an egregious failure, like uh, what was it? Anyway, go on talk about this, Adam, for a second while I find out what I was. Yeah, my my so my thing with Keller and the thing with the minor league rule five that's different than the major league rule five is look, there's nothing that could be done to prevent this. It's not yeah. like the Yankees could have added Brian Keller, who had a 1.61 whip to their 40 man, just to get him away from the Red Sox, mm-hmm. the big bad boogeyman. It just, first of all, it's, it obviously sucks. It doesn't feel good. Uh, but the, the Yankees should be acting as the same level of troll to the Boston yeah. Red Sox. This is what bothers me. Every year, like, look, they're in our heads because of the Garrett Whitlock thing, and for good reason. But for the second straight year, you've got Yankee fans shivering at the specter of the Red Sox stealing a random AAA reliever from you. And, and that's the power of being the Red Sox and getting it right once. If the Yankees get it right one of three times, the Yankees steal a guy from the Red Sox, in next year's Major League Rule 5 draft, and in next year's Minor League Rule 5 draft. And if one of those two guys is valuable, then they get a chip of their own. They get a bargaining chip to the pile, too. But right now, it's the Red Sox running at a full advantage. We've done nothing to them. We took Anthony Rizzo from them for two months. I guess that's what we did. And then they were like, all right, we're going to go to the ALCS. We'll see you guys later. Bye. They'll leave you in our wake. Like, we've got nothing. So the Garrett Whitlock thing last year colors the whole conversation. The Red Sox also took Caleb Ort from us last year a reliever who they stole in the AAA version of the Rule 5 draft, who was really good uh, for the AAA Woo Sox. Um, never got called up to the bigs, didn't get added to the 40 men. You never heard of him. I don't know if that's going to be a success or failure, but I know that they think they've already got two guys on us, and we've got no guys on them. And they took uh, Brian Keller this year in the minor league Rule 5 draft. As a starter, he got his ass whipped. He, he <laughs> hitters batted 242, 401, 379, triple slash off him as a starter. As a reliever, 176, 311, 224. Now, I don't know if we will ever see 27-year-old Brian Keller in the major leagues. I don't know that at all. I, I actually assume the odds are heavily in our favor that we will not. And if we do, it's a short cameo to fill gaps for the Red Sox, innings eater, etc. As a reliever, 25 innings pitched last year, 15 hits, 
uh, 36 strikeouts. Now, the whip is still terrible. He, he walked 29 guys in 30 innings as a starter, walked 17 and 25 as a reliever. It's not like mm-hmm. Brian Keller is a sure thing, and you can guarantee they're going to be going Whitlock to Keller to Barnes next year. But the stuff did trend up out of the bullpen. The second half made more sense in the first half for Keller. The Yankees had nothing they could do to protect him. No recourse. There is no rule that says the Red Sox now have to put Keller on their roster all year or return him to the Bronx. There's nothing stopping them from keeping him. He will go right to Double A or the Woo Sox, and he will do his thing next year, and, and you're not going to think about him for several months. But right now in the slow dead of the offseason, this does mark two years in a row, and the third pitcher that the Red Sox have taken to bother us, and we have done nothing to combat that. We've made no move to at least go, ah, taste your own medicine. We're going to take one of your AAA guys. You have no recourse. Yeah. We had the opportunity. We took a guy from the Astros who I'm intrigued by named Manny Ramirez. <laughs> and I'm as intrigued as you can be. He was a top 30 prospect a couple years ago. Yeah. We took a guy from the Pirates who was a bonus baby who never figured it out. Okay, interesting. You got a chance to take a Red Sox. Just do it. Take a Red Sox. Yeah, why are why are we not responding in any capacity like this? Maybe the Red Sox prospects suck and we don't even want to bother with it. Um, I don't know. I look at Garrett Whitlock and I know that we are we call it egregious because the Yankees. So I am looking at through the lens of we saved the roster spot for Brooks Krisky and that Mm -hmm. snowballed into us losing Garrett Whitlock, who is now a weapon for the Red Sox bullpen. You look back at Whitlock, though. At UAB, where he was a, a college pitcher, mostly served time as a reliever. He pitched in 40, <laughs> uh, 42 games. Uh, eight of those were starts. 46 strikeouts in 51 innings in, uh, in 2016. In 2017, 44 strikeouts in 60 innings with a 1.55 whip and a 1.34 whip. Okay, great. Goes into the Yankees system uh, after he's taken. He's mostly a starter. Not overly impressive though. Uh, he has one. He has one like good combined season as a starter between uh, Trenton, Tampa, and Charleston. But then in 20, uh, 2019, when he gets to Trenton full time, fourteen starts. He has a three oh seven ERA, but WHIP one point two nine. He only has fifty seven strikeouts in seventy and one third innings. So, okay, like, is this a guy you protect from the Rule Five? I prob- I don't know. Probably not. You're looking at Probably those not. numbers. They're okay. A, a 3.07 ERA, but a but a uh, a run average of 4.35 per nine runs allowed runs allowed per nine innings. So like, I, I don't I don't like okay. So and then you want to say, oh, but who do they keep? Do they keep Garrett Whit- Whitlock or do they keep Brooks Krisky? Okay, you look back at what Brooks Krisky did, and Brooks Krisky like kind of had a really good like a really solid minor league career where you're like, okay, we might have to protect this dude. He, when Brooks Krisky debuted his, for his, uh, in the MLB between his stints with the Yankees and, uh, the Orioles 15, uh, I'm sorry. He allowed, um, eight home runs in 15 innings pitched over the last couple of years, which is like, impossible i don't even understand how how i don't know how the i I just i can't even i cannot even begin to describe how impossible that is then you look back on his minor league career the man gave up five total home runs across 100 and almost uh, 134 and two-thirds innings he had a whip of 1.06 and he had an era of 2.34 and a runs uh, a runs per nine average of 2.74 so like and he had 178 strikeouts in 134.2 innings. So, like, that's why I'm looking at it through the lens because it's like this move should have never worked out for the Red Sox. 
And Brooks Krisky should have never really been this bad. Maybe he wouldn't, maybe he wasn't that good because not every minor leaguer that comes up is the numbers are not translating exactly the way they should. But Brooks Krisky had very impressive minor league numbers for for the, the way that he was progressing throughout his time with the Yankees. And he reached AAA and he was solid at AAA. 41 strikeouts in 28 in the third innings in 2021. Uh, with a 1.02 whip. ZRA wasn't that great with a 3.81, but if you want to talk about, you know, any type of underlying stats that you might think are positive, that whip is low and those strikeouts are good. And then Brooks Christie ends up being an absolute nightmare. And if you're the Yankees and you're sitting there, you're like, okay, am I going to keep Brooke? Am I going to protect Brooks Christie from the rule five draft and keep him on the 40 man? Or am I going to protect Garrett Whitlock who doesn't have that long of a minor league uh, track record and then he got to double A and it wasn't exactly impressive. And he only made 14 starts. And he has to stick on the major league roster he, all year. And he has so to stick not on, only, yeah. Yeah. And he, he hasn't even made it to triple A yet. So, no. And then the Red Sox use a shortened 2020, um, or, or I'm sorry, a 2020 that doesn't even exist for minor leaguers, and then managed to find uh, an Instagram video that they like that that convinced them to steal him from the Yankees. So look again, I know we're, I know we flip out about this and we are mad about this and it does sound egregious that they kept Brooks Krisky that long, but like, what, what do you do there? Because if you, if you let Brooks Krisky go and he has those stats and he ends up being good somewhere else and it's obvious, like, what are you doing? Are you, are you brain damaged? Um, And letting, letting Garrett Whitlock go at that time seemed fine. And then it just is, it's, Duly upsetting because you let a pitcher go who could have been a relief option. Maybe the Yankees didn't know he could have been because he didn't exactly produce in that manner when he was in that role in college. And then it's even worse because it's now the Red Sox. So now this guy's fire breathing on the Red Sox, making the Yankees, oh, you guys regret letting me go. I'm going to I'm gonna pitch with this energy now for the rest of my life. And it's it, it, it sucks. But, like, we can't be living through the lens where now we think everybody the Red Sox are getting is highway robbery and we're – we're a bunch of losers. We just have to respond in some way, somehow, and do something that makes Red Sox fans feel uncomfortable because everything the Red Sox do make us feel uncomfortable. That said, I'm sure Brian Keller is going to be highway robber. He's going to be <laughs> awesome. I mean, there's no reason to think that. Uh, 1.61 whip, he walks the entire ballpark. Yeah. Odds are much higher. He's like, uh, who's that absolute dork, Phillips Valdez? Odds are he's like Phillips oh, Valdez yeah. rather yeah. than he's like Garrett Whitlock. But I'm sure we'll see the negative consequences of that move soon enough. It's just another thing to think about. Again, there's no maneuvers this offseason. There's no transactions. There won't be any for months. The season might not start on time. All we have left is the Rule 5 draft, and all we have there is another Red Sox going, eh, checkmate. Uh, you know, people, people keep saying the Yankees are making no moves, neither are the Red Sox. Again, the Red Sox made four moves. We've made zero. Um, and then here we are, the Yankees entering the Rule 5. We got Manny Ramirez from the Astros. Maybe, the, maybe we thought that was revenge. We thought we were like, oh, you're going to take Brian Keller? We'll take Manny Ramirez. And the Red Sox were like, hmm? it's like the Don Draper, I don't think about you at all thing. It's like, how do you feel about that? We have our own Manny Ramirez. And the Red Sox were like, we don't care. What are you talking about? He's an Astros prospect. You helped <laughs> us too. You got rid of the Astros prospect. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's so stupid. Um, so let's talk about the Mets and their managerial search. This, this could end any second now, but I do just want to get the conversation in uh, before it's done. You know, I look, I have never gotten on a high horse and said the Yankees had to hire Buck Showalter. They must hire Buck Showalter. I don't know. There's a lot of evidence for Buck Showalter's teams getting better after he leaves. 
it might be a difficult veer from new school Aaron Boone, who's so new school that the front office makes all of his lineups for him, to old school Buck Showalter. That is one hell of a pivot, and it's the kind of thing that only really makes sense to Yankee fans in the middle of a fever dream when you're like, this is the worst team that ever lived. Change everything. Like, go go full Costanza. Everything the opposite. Do, like... Look, if you're going to go, instead of Boone, Showalter. Instead of pinstripes, do full blue uniforms with white pinstripes. Like, it's you're, you're living in a world where you're changing absolutely everything. It's a make Anthony Rizzo bat right-handed. Like, <laughs> in a crazy universe, Buck Showalter kind of makes sense. Um, I was never definitely standing on a soapbox being like, it must be Buck Showalter. Repent. But it's something to think about. And in your darkest moments, you're yeah. definitely like, man, Buck would really get after these guys. Instead of Aaron Boone, who does nothing. Cut to the Mets, who are searching for their manager and they seem quite likely to hire Buck Showalter. It's not a done deal yet, but the leaks are that, I mean, obviously he's one of the favorites along with Joe Espada and they're interviewing a bunch of other dudes. Uh, But Max Scherzer advocated for Buck Showalter. Um, And all of this is to say that we're going to very quickly find out. It would seem whether hiring Buck Showalter is an insane culture killer or a, a stroke of genius. I, I think it's likely to be somewhere in between. There's no reason to think Buck Showalter is Tony Larusa, who, by the way, did get his team to the playoffs. It's not yeah. like Tony Larusa's existence knocked the White Sox out of the Central race. They still won the Central. Tim Anderson beefed with Tony Larusa. I don't think it was a good situation. The optics sucked. Tony Larusa's mm-hmm. also had a bunch of DUIs and has had you know racially insensitive oh, comments for, towards black players. I mean, that's Buck Showalter has none of those things. Buck Showalter just is old. So yeah. a lot of young people on Twitter are looking at it being like Showalter, Schmowalter, like, uh, you know, basically Tony La Russa. And remember that time he left Zach Britton in the bullpen on the road in Toronto in the wildcard game? Yeah, I remember it. But he also had like a 40-year career before that. So every child on Twitter is like, remember the one thing? Don't you remember that one thing? Isn't that one thing completely disqualifying? No, not really. I would be interested in what happens between buck and the mets but all all that really matters to us is that according to you know this week's reports there was a moment of zen in the yankees front office too where they felt the same way and where hal steinbrenner was at least briefly considering hitting the buck button before he finally decided to listen to brian cashman's recommendation and bring aaron boone back of course that was brian cashman's recommendation Brian Cashman doesn't want any boats rocked because if the boat gets rocked enough, Brian Cashman's contract is up after the season. So if the boat gets rocked, odds are high he gets rocked out of the boat and into the water along with it. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious that Brian Cashman recommended. Like, of course, yeah. Oh, great recommendation. You want to bring back the guy whose legacy is attached to your name? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Our recommendation. But Hal Steinbrenner ultimately did listen to Brian Cashman. Steve Cohen might do what Hal Steinbrenner was mulling over at the end of the season and hire Buck Showalter. So if you want to say there's no way Buck would work in the modern game and you want to say he, you know, he blew his life's work in 2015 when he left Zach Britton in the bullpen too long. Or if you want to say Buck is toxic and the big city isn't for him and the modern game in the big city is a disastrous pairing. You can say all those things. You have a Twitter account. We have the right to free speech. We have all of these things. But we're going to get a pretty clear A versus B experiment. You know, we're putting them both in the Petri dish in New York. That's why I want to see Buck Showalter get hired by the Mets. So that you have Aaron Boone, New York Yankees, Buck Showalter, New York Mets, same city, same conditions, almost the same payroll, same lockout restrictions, tough spring training, 
Go. Both of you people, go. Strong rosters. You know, Mets roster is good. Yankees yeah. roster is theoretically good and maybe a little bit worse. Man, pretty close. Um, but they are going to be in almost identical conditions when the season opens. We'll literally get to see, you know, across town. Would it have made us worse to have hired Buck Showalter or did we make the wrong call here? And I, that's why I want to see it happen. I want to see it happen too. I uh, You also just gave the Yankees front office credit. Don't give the Yankees front office credit. You said that the front office mulled this over. I don't think the front office mulled it over. I think Hal Steinbrenner was like, Hal dude, Steinbrenner. we need a fo- we need a goddamn change. And the front office is like, no, dude, we're going to keep funneling our information down to Aaron Boone. And that's how we're going to do business, Hal. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, how do I how do I view this? Uh, happy for the Mets fans if this is what Mets fans want. Happy for you guys. Want everybody? I want I want the city buzzing with baseball electricity. I don't care how that's going to happen. It's better when everybody is better. It's not fun when teams are miserable. We are Knicks fans. We know how miserable it is during the wintertime when the Knicks are bad. City's dead. Not fun. Um, currently. So, yeah, currently. Well, currently we're treading water. So it's like the okay. king of 500 teams, the ultimate yeah. 500 team. There's never been a more 500 team than the Knicks. <laughs> uh, but I view managers like. Do I think Buck Showalter would have elevated the Yankees to a place that we've never even seen before? No, I just think like some instinctual decision-making would really help this Yankees team. And I think Buck Showalter probably has that being of the older school management style. Um, I don't think the game needs a complete rework. I think the game needs an injection of everything. When you combine old practices with new ones, that's how you get the best results. Um, and we seem to we, look, we live in an era where front offices dictate everything you do. The Rays, I mean, you could even say the same for the Dodgers. And like, look at that. Uh, do you think Dave Roberts is a bad manager? I don't. I think Dave Roberts has baseball instincts. He's a former player. Um, yeah. He, he, I, I've listened to his post game and pregame uh, talks. He, he knows the game. I don't doubt anything. Dodgers, a lot of Dodgers fans hate Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts has the best winning percentage of any Dodgers manager in history. So fans are going to hate managers regardless of what the outcome is. The Dodgers won a World Series in 2020. Fans were up in arms after that game four loss and wanted to kill Dave Roberts for for what? Because because uh, who dropped that ball? Who Brett, made the, Will yeah, Smith Brett dropped the Phillips. ball? Yeah. yeah, Brett Phillips made uh, – Brett Phillips somehow hit a single off of Kenley Jansen, and then Max Muncy decided to rifle the ball – a hundred miles an hour from three feet away to Will Smith, who then dropped it. So like that's Dave Roberts's fault. No, we're talking, when we're talking at fault for managers, we're talking about pitching decisions. Why should Kenley Jansen not be in the game as the closer in that time period? It absolutely should happen. So fans are always going to be mad at managers. What I'm trying to say here is yes, I agree with what you're saying. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. It's not going to be a disaster. It's definitely not going to be a stroke of genius. If you put anybody in there with any sort of baseball experience and or baseball know-how, they're going to be able to manage a good team. We just saw what Aaron Boone did from 2017 to 2019. He managed a team on autopilot, or uh, 2018 to 2019. He managed a team on autopilot to 103 and 100 wins. So it's it's clear that if you have a good roster, if you can formulate a lineup card, if you have any idea of when to pull a pitcher, the team for the most part is going to do well. What we need is the instinct in must-win games against opponents who have the mental edge over us and continue to punk us over and over and over again. And we need that sort of gumption in that real time to put this Yankees team over the edge. So would Buck Showalter have done that? 
I am confident he would have been able to do that better than Aaron Boone. Um, but you just never know. Um, I hope it works out. If this is what's going to happen with the Mets, I hope it works out. I think these are two very different rosters. So um, kind of uh, managing the expectations here. If Buck Showalter does well with the Mets, I don't think that necessarily means he does well with the Yankees and vice versa. Um, if you have a starting rotation of Jacob deGrom and uh, Max Scherzer, yeah. makes life a little yeah. bit easier for bullpen management. So yeah, if Aaron Boone had Jacob, De- or Jacob deGrom and Garrett Cole, yeah, I think we're talking about a little bit his life is a little bit more alleviated in terms of the decision-making that he's going to have to make on a daily basis with, with the bullpen, with the starting rotation. So there's a lot of things that go into this. Um, I, for one, am kind of glad that this was a consideration for Hal, if, if it's true, because then you know that the, deci- the, the, the questions about this team are reaching the highest possible point where that decision-making should theoretically trickle down. So, yeah, Brian Cashman's contract – expires at the end of this year. Maybe Hal was like, all right, dude, if we sign Boone and we have a disappointing season next, next year and Buck Showalter goes elsewhere and proves them wrong, you're out. Maybe that was a discussion. Who knows? I, it'd be, it'd, it'd be intriguing if it was, I'd like to hear something like that a little bit, you know, uh, res, uh, accountability and responsibility for decision-making because bringing back Aaron Boone for the amount of time they gave him on the contract doesn't really matter because they could fire him at any time. But it sent a, sent a bizarre message because there was a lot of underachieving over the last two and a half years. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's – I agree. It's somewhere in the middle. Fa- Met fans are going to be – if Buck Showalter goes to the Mets, there will be a point in time where we will we'll, – we'll just screenshot Twitter and there will be a lot of shit talking on Buck Showalter. Maybe he took DeGrom out an inning too early. Maybe he didn't let Max go into the ninth when he was feeling it. Maybe he made the wrong bullpen decision because the Mets bullpen is a disaster anyway. So I don't know who's going to properly manage that. It'll come. Something's going to happen. We're talking about it now because the the anticipation here is fun. Ooh, Mets, Max Scherzer, Starling Marte, new manager. We're, we're, we're injecting new life into this team. Let's go. When reality strikes, ball, ball games start to be played. Decisions start to be made that you don't necessarily agree with. It's all going to flip over. It's all going to be a different discussion. So, um I'll tell you what, though, I'm pretty I'm pretty optimistic we'll be having the same discussions that we have with Aaron Boone over the last few years. So that's not going to change. Nope. Um, I, do, I mean, I do think there's a world. There's also a world where they hire Buck Showalter. And by June, you've got this fledgling Mets analytics department that's like in his head. Maybe. And he blew some game in June. He, he you're like, And you hear the post game. He's like, well, you got to ask the analytics department about that. I don't know why we I don't know why we took Taiwan out in the fifth. You, you're going to have to talk to some. Wait till the analytics department gets here. We'll have that conversation. Like it could go very poorly. I don't know, but you're right. The luxury of the Grom and Scherzer, it's kind of like any playoff series he wins, he could just win the first two games six nothing and eight two or whatever. Yeah. You, you never know. Um, but and man, maybe the Yankees had hired Buck Showalter the last couple of years. Maybe he would have found a way to forget to put a Roldis Chapman in a playoff game. We actually would have won some of those duper dies. <laughs> Imagine if we had a Roldis instead of Zach Britton. And he was just leaving a roll of chap in his bullpen in a wild card game on the road. Would have been epic. Would have been epic. Uh, maybe that would. Have, maybe that mistake would have helped. But that is it for this edition of the Inks Go Yard Podcast. Make sure to find us, folks, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. YouTube Live, two o'clock Eastern Time, Mondays and Thursdays during the off season during the lockout. We will uh, hopefully return to a more regular three times a week rotation when the season comes back. 
in 2025 because I don't think we're getting a season this year. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at the address is listed on your screen right now at Adam Weinrib for me. Thomas Carinante, where can they find you? At Tommy's underscore takes, if you could see it right there. Yeah. Um, right great there. talking to you guys. Please head on over to yanksguard.com. We've been loving the support this last year. Um, Adam has a nice article up there predicting the moves that the Yankees will make at four key positions where there's very clear vacancies. Some of them might not be what you expect either. So we got a lot of stuff coming out for you, even though it's a lockout, a lot of different ideas. We're trying hard, trying to keep you entertained and engaged. And we want to hear from you as well. So hit us up on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Until then, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Next week, we'll have a regular schedule. Monday, 2 p.m., Thursday, 2 p.m., live stream right here. Nothing else conflicting. We're not going to have That's true. We will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.